0: BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara and welcome to the Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. The rainy season is officially over but also what rainy season.
1: We had an outstanding December, record levels of snow and and rain in many places. And then the faucet turned off in January, February, March. I mean, we're seeing one of the driest starts to the year
0: ever on record. We are in a drought in California again. And in the Bay, it's hitting the North and South Bays the hardest. Today, what it looks like in these two places and what solutions are on the table right now to change things. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
1: Just recently, this study came out that says this is the worst dry time in more than a millennium, like 1,200 years.
0: Ezra David Romero is a climate reporter for KQED.
1: And we're in a 22-year-long drought that's gripping the American Southwest. So we talk about three years of drought, but really we're in this longer cycle that's made worse by climate change. What's different about this year than last year is the first three months of this year, they were so dry. It was something like the driest time of all recorded history in California, from January to March. And then we just had some storms last week, so that changed a little bit. But that set up the drought in a different way this year with a decreasing snowpack. Unlike last year, we had this big snowpack. This year, we just haven't had a lot of snow.
0: What parts of the Bay Area are especially hit hard by the drought this year?
1: Yeah, the north and the south, places like Sonoma County, Mendocino County, and then the south, places like Morgan Hill, San Jose, and even a little bit further, Santa Cruz. You know, the edges of the Bay Area are where the drought is impacting people the most. Why is that? It's because up in the north, it's this isolated place along the Russian River where the entire region up there depends on water from that river. There's no big snowpack. So whatever rain falls is how people get water or they take it from the ground, which is replenished by rainfall. And then in the south, it's a little bit of a different story in San Jose, in Santa Clara County. That area depends on about half of their water from the Sierra Nevada snowpack. So there's this idea that restrictions are going to ramp up there. And they're already about 15% right now, mandatory for all of San Jose.
0: Yeah, I want to kind of zoom into what the drought actually looks and feels like in some of these hard hit areas. I know you just mentioned that one good indication of how the drought looks is by kind of zooming into what's happening with the Russian River. What does the drought look like there right now?
1: So at the headwaters of the Russian River on the East Fork in Potter Valley, I was up there this past weekend, and it's this little valley, which is a couple miles by a couple miles, and you can tell that the grasses are starting to turn brown. It's in this area that's like there's trees all around, you know, evergreens. and Some of them look like they've been burned by fire, so another effect of drought. And so the river there is also just a couple inches deep, and when I talked to people up there, they said the drought is being felt already, you know, months before summertime, before it's really even hot. In Sonoma County, places are preparing for drought in the same way. You know, they they also depend on the Russian River just downstream. They have two reservoirs in that area, Lake Sonoma and Lake Mendocino. Both are about 50 to 60 percent full, and that has like a two-year water supply. And that may sound like, okay, we have water for two years, but they're not sure how long this drought will continue. Bottom line is, you know, I think we're the first Bay Area County to be fully engulfed in extreme drought conditions according to the US Drought Monitor. So we're in it and we're in the drought deep. Brad Sherwood is the spokesperson for Sonoma Water. He and I have talked a lot over the past year. Our water that we rely on doesn't come from a state water project. It doesn't come from a federal project. It doesn't come from the Sierra Nevadas we are really at the whim of mother nature and our rainfall i mean it's rainfall basically he told me that in sonoma county it feels like groundhog day it feels like the same thing is happening over and over and over again the russian river is like a boom and bust river and what do i mean by that that means this is an area that like floods one year you know there's like those big floods that flood gurnville a number of years ago and then we been in drought for a couple of years after that. And so in Sonoma County, that's this boom or bust cycle meaning there's so much rain and that there's flooding happening and it all goes out to the ocean or there's not a lot of rain, farmers don't get water, cities have to cut back and it's, you know, it's sort of a crisis in either way and sometimes
0: I want to go south now, Ezra, uh, to the San Jose area. What's the drought looking like in the South Bay? You mentioned the north and south are really the hardest hit.
1: The South Bay is a similar story, but for different reasons. The South Bay gets a lot of their water from the Sierra Nevada snowpack through a number of sources. There's like the state reservoirs, federal reservoirs, and then Hetch Hetchy, where San Francisco gets a lot of its water. They get from all those sources. But this year, they've been promised a lot less because of the state of the snowpack and how much is in reservoirs. And so that's about like 50% of their water comes from the Sierra Nevada snowpack. So that's one issue. And the second issue is their main reservoirs out of commission for seismic retrofitting. And it just kind of happens that we're in a drought when that's happening. So it's like really, really low, something like between like five and 25% full. And then there just hasn't been a lot of rain locally to fill up local reservoirs. So it's this perfect cluster of bad things happening with drought. I, you know, I, I don't wanna use, use the words devastating, but it really is devastating seeing how much the lack of rainfall and lack of snow is gonna be on the water supply, not only for us, but across the state. Matt Keller is a spokesperson for Valley Water, that's the water supplier for the San Jose, Santa Clara area. And basically he told me that they're not getting a lot of water from the or feds, and there's not a lot of rain happening there. So they're asking everybody to conserve. You know, here we are in March, everyone's talking about a miracle, hoping for a miracle March. There was no miracle in March.
3: I mean, the miracle is that
1: we need people to conserve. Like, that's how it is. If we're not getting the rain, then we need to use less water. They're expecting that it's going to get a lot worse as it heats up and summer approaches. And just grappling with this current situation trying to think about the future but maybe not knowing how to exactly
0: so we've been talking you know about the hardest hit parts of the state what are some actual solutions that are underway right now as it relates to making sure that we have enough water in the bay area starting with the two places that we highlighted
1: Up in Sonoma County, Mendocino County, there's a solution in place that's beginning where they're trying to manage reservoirs differently, and that's taking an act of Congress. Basically, there's a rule book for how reservoirs are operated, and they have to follow that to the T. And basically, it said, let out water continuously for fish, for people, for all these things. But they want to change that, and they have changed it for Lake Mendocino, where they can now say, okay, there's no storms coming. Let's not let a bunch of water out. Or there is a big storm coming. Let's let water out because they don't want things to flood. That's one thing. is like, let's manage our reservoirs better. And up in Sonoma County, that's just an example. And for the rest of the state that hasn't caught on yet. The creative juices are flowing in Sonoma. We're known for good wine and good beer, but now we're also known for innovative water strategies during the drought, because that's the way we got to live here in California down in san jose they have another solution in place where they want to recycle a lot more water grow that from five to ten percent to some experts say that needs to happen on the large scale even more across california it has happened in some places in southern california but on the large scale it's not happening and the reason is because it's really expensive to recycle water people have fears that like if we clean like wastewater or water from our toilets there's this like notion that it's gross Mm -hmm, or -hmm. dirty but some experts want to see the system closed, right? Like Earth is already a system that recycles all the water within it. So why can't we create that system on a local level that that recycles all the water we use over and over and over again? And so that's one idea. It's going to cost billions and billions of dollars to do, but some water experts believe that's the only way, especially with a shrinking snowpack.
0: And as I know that there are already water restrictions happening in the South Bay, how has that been going so far?
1: Yeah, they've been mandated to save 15% by Valley Water. So Valley Water's with the supplier, and then there's a number of agencies under there that sell the water to people. And so Valley Water said, you all have to save 15%. When I talked to Valley Water just a few weeks ago, they said residents in that Santa Clara area aren't doing that for all of Valley Water. I think they've only saved like 8%, not 15%. And then San Jose Water told me that for February People are actually using more water, like two percent more for that month. Californians have been asked to save water for the past ten years because we've been in this perpetual drought, and I think it's becoming harder and harder for people to save water. And I think that's an example of what we're seeing in San Jose, where water use has gone up, right? Because things are warming up. People need to use more water. They've already done so much in their homes to save water, and there's. They question, what else can we do?
0: Are more drastic restrictions on water use on the way, you think, across the whole region or even the state?
1: The governor last week decided instead of doing a 25% or a 30 or 40% mandated water restric- restriction across the state like his predecessor, Governor Brown, did, he decided he would leave it up to local agencies or water suppliers to deal with, but he has asked them to save between 10 and 20% come this summer. So it's going to be up to Valley Water or Sonoma Water or the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission, whoever the water supplier is, they're going to come up with what's best for them based on their own water supplies.
0: Are there any ideas for bigger structural shifts that we'll have to make as a state in order to adapt to the drought statewide?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of ideas out there. Everything from reorganizing how the state's water system works. There's a system of water rights, so people are guaranteed water, even if we're in a drought or not. So that's one idea. Let's reshape that. Let's let's change the system entirely. Then there's an idea of like managing reservoirs better. Then there's the idea of recycling water. Another idea is all about splitting the cost of running the operations of say like a water agency between the entire uh, rate payer base and then charging those customers for the amount of energy it takes to get that water to them.
3: Fundamentally, we need to change how we do water.
1: Nusha Ajami, she's the chief strategy officer for research at the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. She studied water in the West for many years. These utilities, most of
3: them, 80% of them are publicly owned utilities. So they're not making money off selling water, but their livelihood and their financial health depends on, you know, selling water. So as people start using less water, less revenue comes in, which means then then it's going to hurt their bottom line.
1: Nusha Jami, who I spoke with, would like to see these agencies split the costs for running operations between all the customers equally. And basically what that would do would take away this incentive to charge people more money when we when there's less water. What would happen would be that the ratepayers would all pay a fixed cost, like this is how much it would cost to like produce water in all of Santa Clara County. And then after that, they would be charged based on like where they live and how much energy it costs. You know, like you and I would live in different homes, so it would cost us a different amount to get the water to us. And so it'd be equitable based upon where you live.
3: Depending on where people live and how much electricity it takes to move the water from location to location, if you use two units, you will pay less. If your neighbor who lives in the same building uses 10 units, your neighbor would pay more.
1: This idea isn't just hot air. It's actually in the legislature this year, and we might see more of it actually happening in in real time.
3: If we shift this mindset from the way we set rates, from the way we look at demand, from the way we think about supply, eventually these utilities can become um, an entity that they can survive. How should we be
0: thinking about drought right now? It feels like there's not ton I could do besides maybe saving water. How are you thinking about this, Ezra? Because I feel like we, this, it's almost the same story every year. And in some some ways, it feels worse and worse every year.
1: Yeah, I've been covering drought since 2012, right? For almost 10 years now. And it's been the same story over and over and over again. One of the experts I talked to recently mentioned that We haven't had a big change in how much water we use in a very long time since we like, since toilets went from like high flows to low flows and there was this big change in water. It's been a long time since we've had a systematic, wide change. Um, And so I think, unfortunately, as we know, people don't often change until bad things happen in their lives, right? Um, But that doesn't have to happen that way. We have an opportunity here as Californians in this moment right now to think critically about where we're at and what our future will look like. And we have an opportunity to change our futures and to ask our legislators and demand them to take water seriously so we can have a future in California that's plentiful, where there's water. There's a lot of people who do care about our future, our water future in California. There's experts like Nusha Jami, These water agencies also care about their futures. They want to exist. It is their missions to provide water to people. Even at the state level, they're thinking about how climate change is altering our system and how we need to change and need to adapt.
0: Ezra, thank you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That was Ezra David Romero, a climate reporter for KQED. This episode of The Bay was produced by editor Alan Montesilio, who cut this episode, and producer Maria Esquinka, who scored this episode and added all the tape. You can get in touch with me, Maria, and Alan on Twitter. We're at The Bay KQED. I'm at Notorious ECG. And if you liked this episode or you're thinking about what this drought means for fire season, I'm going to recommend a related episode for you. Last summer on the show, we talked with KQED science reporter Danielle Ventin about how our relationship with fire and how we talk about it needs to change. It was such a helpful episode for me at a time when I think it's really easy to feel helpless about climate change. I will leave you a link to that episode in our show notes. And I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening to The Bay. Peace.